0: Now listen up. Here's a story.
1: About a man named Kenneth. Young Kenneth. Good old Kenny. Young
0: Kenneth Smythe.
1: Good old Kenny. What a legend.
0: He's all right, yeah. I like Kenny. Top bloke. Yeah, he's not a bad fella. I was finding that we'll, we'll get into that later because we usually don't go straight into the the film yet. No, no. I'm just a bit excited. Yeah, just I'm very a bit excited. excited, very pumped. Yeah. I don't mind telling you, Jesse, but I've had a Coca Cola and the sugar's gone like
1: Ooh, all I the way through my system. I also have had a Coca Cola. I've had half a Coca Cola. I might I've do got... something reckless. Welcome to episode four of the yeah. Poor Room. Uh, I'm Jesse, and with me is Lachlan. How are we doing?
0: Yeah, we're not too bad. Yeah. What have you been watching?
1: I've uh, been watching some stuff. Been watching some films.
0: Yeah, some... i I looked out the window. I've watched a car go by.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: A couple of birds fly by. And you that said, "Hey, sort of that's
1: that's pretty deep." That's, that's pretty th- deep. That's pretty deep. Someone should film
0: that in black and white.
1: Mm. Oh yeah, put um, French subtitles over the yeah. top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of um, deepness and society. Uh, uh, have we seen Joker? <laughs> yeah, I saw the Joker. <laughs> I, I
0: went to see yeah, I went to see the Joker on a, on Thursday night.
1: I also saw it on Thursday night. I went to a um opening night celebration oh, at right. um, Luna Lido. Oh, I see. Um, so basically, they... I went to
0: Molly Galleria. Oh, I wait. had a kebab beforehand. <laughs> I was feeling especially especially classy.
1: See, I appropriately went to the royal show beforehand so I had All that right. kind of carnival, carnival yeah. vibe and then went and got some mexican and then went to this opening night basically they had little cupcakes going with little mm-hmm. joker faces on them they were handing out um uh, Joaquin Phoenix cardboard cutout faces, and um, they had a Joker Aperol spritz, which I um you know. What color was it? It was it's it's like still... a red, orangey oh, right. red color. Okay.
0: Um. is all Aperol red, or are there variations, or am I thinking of something else?
1: Aperol is like an orangey color, but I think okay. they put something in it. cut. Right.
0: But it. but but Aperol by definition is orange. You can't get like say. Apple flavored and it and it would be green.
1: Most of it is like a like a dark orange okay. color. Um, yeah. But I think yeah.
0: I've only had it once. But yeah, yeah.
1: But anyways, uh, Joker screening. So like um. I, I um they had a photographer there as well, and I was about four or five rows from the front. Oh yeah, I saw that. And he yeah. went to go take a photo of the whole group, and I saw him in the corner of my eye going to take a photo. And I wanted to look away because I didn't want to be on their social medias. I hate getting photos taken of myself. But I reacted too slowly. And now there's a picture of me just looking like a complete idiot. It looks like
0: you're mid-stroke <laughs> in a weird way. Because like, it, it, I think if there was a, the option of, of hearing the sound, that would apply to that to that face. It looks like you're kind of going, yeah. <laughs> But... Your face is on the Luna website. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I think the
1: one thing that's comforting me is the fact that I'm not the worst-looking person in that photo. (laughs) There's at least ten other people that have weirder-looking faces.
0: Dude, those ten other people probably don't listen to this podcast. Oh, I hope they don't. (laughs) Thank fuck. Actually, no, do you know what? I wish that those ten people did, not because they'd come after you, but because that would <laughs> mean that our listenership is higher than it is. Yeah. But um we go from one to ten listeners. Yeah, not not to be totally self indulgent. Yeah. But um Joker. We saw a yeah. movie. Well let let's try and let's I mean let's we're gonna try not to reveal anything major, but let's just say maybe if you haven't seen the movie and you're inclined to see it, skip forward a little bit.
1: Yeah, I like I would say because I was genuinely excited to watch this film. I avoided a lot of reviews mm. and everything. So like if you're someone like me that just doesn't want to know anything going in, just maybe skip ahead by Have, Having minutes. said that
0: though, having actually watched the movie and, and um having seen the tra- trailers prior to seeing it the movie, the trailers didn't give away a lot of what was actually in the movie. And Which see, is yeah.
1: interesting because the second trailer, I feel like a lot of people thought oh, this is too spoilery, like oh, here we go. Mm. But then you watch it and it's like, oh no, there's actually more in here than what we thought. And we're, we're
0: talking things like, like actual fundamental narrative. I mean, the trailer yeah. doesn't, doesn't give the impression that there's much of a story, but there is actually a core thing running through it. Mm. And the fact that 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 isn't so much in the trailer, and there's more of a surprise that you get when you go to see the movie for the first time it is quite rewarding. So it doesn't happen all too often. Like a lot of the time, you know, it's it's broken record statement, but you know the the whole thing of trailers revealing too yeah. much too much of the movie. I feel like the the trailers for this movie did a good job of of. Not giving away what was going to be the the driving forces behind mm. this character's plight. Um, having said that, I'm going to try and avoid saying that at all because I think there is something of a surprise.
1: Oh, there is in yeah.
0: store um, with the reveal of what the actual the actual uh, core narrative
1: is. Speaking of things like trailers, expectations versus reality. Like, there are a lot of things in this movie that. I kind of saw going one way, but then they ended up going a different way. I remember hearing a rumour about a twist in this movie, which I won't reveal here, but like, I'd heard about this twist and how controversial it was, and I thought, oh, are they really going to do that? And they do touch upon that certain twist, but then they twist on that twist, and it's like, Oh, okay, so you know, like it's a little bit of a mystery. I think I know what thing. you're
0: talking about, but what I liked about that though was there seemed to be also the capacity for the the secondary twist. It's yeah. like this is like fucking twistception. We're talking <laughs> a number of t- a twist on a twist. That secondary twist. I think there's the capacity for that secondary twist to be read as either negating or validating the primary twist. Now, the movie fr- and the, the reactions of the people in the movie frames it as a, uh, that it negates the, the initial realisation, but yeah. I think it can be read alternately as possibly in itself um, a façade.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And I think we should get off this topic just because now we're... now If you you don't know what we're talking about, we're probably talking bullshit.
1: Yeah, well, going in a slightly different direction. Another thing I really liked as well is they kind of allude to it in some of the trailers and marketing, Mm. but they... I didn't realise how how important this aspect was Mm. in the actual film itself. Um, There's a certain... Okay, I'm... I don't consider this to be a spoiler, so I'm just going to say it. Um, the Joker dances a lot,
0: right? Yeah, and
1: I didn't realize how much of an important part this 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 uh, behavior has in the film. Like it, it's quite interesting seeing the Joker be this character that's like he's very over the top and quite. Um, that's how he deals with a lot of his, you know, like he he he's got a lot of built up mm. anger and energy, just you know, accumulating over time, and that's just how he kind of deals with releasing that to an extent. Mm. Um, you know, he's 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 using that as a way to just calm down. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Come I know what you mean. Know. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: let, let's get down to the fundamentals. Did you enjoy Joker?
1: I think enjoy is a not the right word did because you appreciate joker i appreciated joker because for the most part this is a dark film it is <laughs> it is like and yeah. um, for most of like i enjoyed the okay there is an aspect i enjoyed i enjoyed the charisma of Joaquin Phoenix yeah, there are is, moments good, that are yeah. genuinely quite funny mm. and you're just like oh this you know he's having fun with this but then there are moments where you're just like this is just uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Like, when he's laughing, but, like, he's... Because that's the other thing as well, is um, when you see almost any other character, or anyone, any sane person laugh, like, their body kind of also... It's not just your mouth yeah. moving. It's, like, your body language also kind of responds to that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very subtle minor things, like your eyes and your arms and stuff like that, and you kind of put your head back and laugh. But with this, like... It was only his mouth mm. that was it's moving. It's quite robotic, isn't it? And it's very, it's very sterile and clinical and you're just like, oh, It's this. almost
0: like that's that whole uh, idea of if, if uh, you know manufacturing a robot and they're, they're you're giving them human traits and they, yeah, they, can't, they yeah, haven't yeah, quite exactly. mastered yeah. laughing. Yeah. That's kind of what's going on with that character. He's also like a bit of a puppet because you're right, He it literally is just the mouth opening and the sound coming out yeah. and the rest of him is stationary. That's quite dis- uh, disillusioning as well. I think it's also the eyes, because the eyes stay remain the same. Yeah,
1: the eyes are, like, dead serious. Yeah. And, like, th- those are the defining, I guess, the defining clues as to, like, whether you're trying to decipher, like, if he's, like, how he's mm-hmm. actually feeling. Because, like, yeah, I think when, when you see someone laughing in real life, you normally just think, oh, yeah, they're actually happy. But when you see Joaquin Phoenix laughing, you're like, I mean, this doesn't look right. So then you start looking at the eyes, and then you look at the eyes, and you see they're just—they're in pain. Yeah, they are in pain. Yeah,
0: I mean, I—I I didn't. I don't want to fr- oh, fuck. This is so hard to review it, but like, I, I while I was in the cinema, by the way, I, I, like, like I said, I didn't go to a to a packed. I did go to a packed out cinema, but I didn't go to a big fancy opening night thing. Wasn't that lucky, now? Um, <laughs> but I, I went to it. It was still a packed-out cinema in in uh, a shopping centre. Um, I enjoyed the the two-hour time. Mm, yeah. That it. it took me to, to to watch the movie. And I feel like a lot of that was just not knowing what was, what was coming. I mean, I think, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but I think you kind of know where it's going. Exactly. Um, I was appropriately disturbed by the last half hour. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, we were talking last week about differences in tone Mm. and though something like John Wick can have, you know, hundreds of. On screen killings. This has less than ten, and yet each of them is more distressing than any
1: any killing
0: that's in John Wick.
1: It's like, um, and I'm not going to go into detail here, but there is one particular killing that happens that I'd argue is quite possibly one of the most disturbing deaths in the movie. That's actually off camera, Um, and is just a continuous shot of Joaquin Phoenix. And this character is off screen, and you just hear little sound bites, Mm. and it's quite haunting. Mm. Um,
0: I think, but like, I think things like stylizing it. Um, which this movie doesn't do, but in the case of something like John Wick, stylizing the violence and the death kind of lessens the tone. But in this one, it's just played so straight and real. And you imagine, yeah. well, if I if I was, God forbid, witness to this, it would look a little bit like that. Yeah. And that was what I was... Uh, as well as the, the implications that the these killings have on the, the narrative, which is not... I don't think it's fair to say that the, the, the movie is solely concerned with one person. I think it's sort of... That then branches out into what that would mean for the city. Yeah. As the city then becomes a representation of, not to sound too much like a prick, but if if that city then becomes a representation of, like you know,
1: society. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> basically, yeah, like you know, it, it's
0: it's Gotham City because it's that's the mm. the context of the character. But you know, it realistically that story could happen in any city. Yeah. You know, and it could be with any character. Yeah. Which goes some way into explaining how I feel about the movie, but the the way that those killings uh impact the the world that this character inhabits was played so straight and so uh confrontingly that it that it did it did kind of it I say kind of mm. did quite get to me. Um I like like I say, I enjoyed it watching it going through and not knowing what was coming and seeing how it on uh developed and obviously I knew what the, say the last the last like the the ultimate climax was mm. gonna be, but seeing all of the signposts that, I guess you could say, were fan service that would hint towards the actual core Batman narrative. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that quite a lot. They're, they are actually in the trailer. Yeah. Um, some of them. Um, but that was, that was quite appealing. But once I got out of the movie, I was kind of thinking, like, yeah, I've, I've had quite a good time. I'm thinking about what I've seen, though. And I don't mean thinking about all that's... Uh, distressed me i'm thinking about like the movie as a whole in terms of what i've actually watched the product that i've actually watched and i sort of started to think i don't know if it was all that worth it to be honest okay like because obviously in a lot of what's been said about the movie already is is references to taxi driver and the king of comedy and you know Mm. scorsese uh Character assessments, to which end you know the the Joker is vo- totally viable for that kind of treatment because I think regardless of where you stand on the on comic books, the Joker as a character has a level of intrigue mm. to him. Um, he's he's a he's an he's an eccentric, which is and he's a little bit fantastical. Yeah. So the idea that you've got a narrative that's dealing with well, how did he come to be this way? Yeah. Is quite um is quite, uh, interesting. Mm. However, when, like, I'm not a diehard Batman fan by any I stretch am. of the <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I quite yeah. like Batman and I know yeah. like, uh, f- for a time I was quite into comic books when I was like, you know, 13, 14. Yeah. Um, and I would read like things like The Killing Joke and oh, whatever yeah. Batman series was running at that time. I think it was around the time they did the new 52 run mm. and it was that. The uh, was it the Court of Owls or something? Oh, else? Court of Owls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was I was into all that. I was into the Batman games, and of course, primarily I was into the Batman films, notably yeah. um, the Heath Ledger Dark Knight, Dark Knight joke portrayal. But one thing that I've always felt about the Joker, and obviously in previous Batman narratives, there've been hints or suggestions, particularly in something like the Killing Joke, um, around where he came from and what his origin is. Yeah. But for me, what made him ultimately intimidating was the notion that that component of him was unknown. Yeah, the notion that he he's clearly had an origin. Like mm. he's not he's not just you know sprouted from nothing. Yeah, something's happened to him. But the fact that we didn't know what that something was was in itself quite uh, interesting and a point of intrigue in that character which I dare say went some way to antagonising him a little bit just by virtue of it being the unknown and it being something yeah, that we, yeah. we couldn't reconcile with. Like he was quite clearly a disturbed and deranged man mm. but we don't know what happened to make him that way. Yeah. So the idea that this that there's now a movie that, that fills in those gaps it's adding a lot but in some ways taking a lot away
1: from how mm. I'm looking at this character. Well I mean I completely understand that uh, that criticism in saying that I f- yeah they add a lot but I feel like they even still leave some breathing room for interpretation yeah. mainly because this character he's like in his in his 40s or 30s or 40s we'll, we'll say 40s they even allude to his childhood but like they really don't delve that much into that as, as well, much there's, as you there's, think they there's would.
0: A, I mean, it goes some way to explaining what he could potentially have. I mean, he lets out... He's got the tendency to laugh at inappropriate times, and that's mm. down to a condition like it's kind of... Uh, like They don't say what it is, but it's It's almost like it's a nervous Tourette's tick that he gets.
1: That I remember seeing in the interview, it was called something like... Pathological laughter, or something right. like that.
0: Um, but then beyond that, in terms of what what makes him so um, narcissistic and and excluded from society, they go some way to to explaining that there's the capacity for his mental problems to be congenital. Yeah. Um, which I, I, to my, I'm not sure that they've done before. And if you're a bigger Batman fan than, than mm. me, you probably you'll probably know. But um, the idea that there is a further explanation to his behaviour yeah, is yeah. Um, is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, but basically, what I felt after I'd come out of it is like okay, so if I've got this character, if if this is a treatment of a, of a character that I'm quite interested in, does it add or take away from what I know about him already? Yeah. So in as much as he's doing a lot of the things that we know the Joker to do, it's adding stuff to to him that in a sense takes away from the mystery and the mystique that this character had without knowing where he came from. Mm. Like, it almost feels best that that character works as an unidentified being. Like, you know that he's human, but you don't know where he's come from, yeah. how he's come to be, and the okay. fact that you don't know this makes him a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Um,
1: I, th- I think I... What I really took away from from this film in in particular, is, like, I just really liked the concept of, oh, we are doing a film that isn't linked to any other cinematic Mm -hmm. universe. It's just its own thing. It has a definitive start, middle, and end. It's taking its own. It doesn't feel the need to shoehorn in Batman or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bruce Wayne is in the movie, but, like, he does not speak right. at all in this. Well, that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's the other thing. It's yeah. like
0: I did. I wasn't aware of this of the standalone nature of this movie, and I went in thinking it had it was potentially going to in some way set up what was going to come later in the Batman, yeah, uh, uh, the DC cinematic universe with their further Batman outing. So I was figuring that there was the potential for. I thought without before I went home and read up uh, basically Todd Phillips' mission statement. Yeah. I thought <laughs> that. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix would then appear in the subsequent Batman movie with a more mature mm. Bruce Wayne and him being but the, the worthy foe that we know yeah. from the past.
1: Knowing knowing Joaquin Phoenix, he um, w- I think one of his contract terms was actually, he was like, I'm not doing a multi-picture deal. Um, famously, he turned down the role of Doctor Strange a couple years ago because oh, really? he no, said, no. yeah, no, nah, I'm not interested in a sequel and Marvel obviously wanted him okay. for 50 films. But so. the,
0: the thing that I then have with The Joker, like, in terms of what it does, is, right, so if, if it's not setting anything up beyond this character, and it is lit- the movie is literally this character's descent into uh, criminality... Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's a further descent into Madness, because I think he starts the film quite deranged. Yeah, yeah, it really um, does. If it's doing that, is it essentially a descent into criminality... And if the answer is yes, I don't think it's as good as what everybody says. I think that there are movies that do that a lot better than this movie does. And I feel like a lot of my enjoyment for of, of it was to do with the links to to an external to external factors to the core story, which I knew through uh, some knowledge yeah. of the Batman universe. Okay. Um, but having said that, I I really enjoyed it. Um,
1: I I quite enjoyed the um, quite enjoyed. Because I've I've been quite let down by some more recent Joker portrayals because like one in particular one, I think one, one in particular <laughs> but, okay I okay I for the record I love Heath Ledger's performance but like there's kind of this mindset in this twenty first century mindset to make the Joker this very like cynical kind of serious character mm-hmm. and granted like he does have some very serious and dark moments in this movie but like. There is an element of the Joker that I've kind of missed in recent years of, like, that kind of fun and playful. The clowny component. Yeah, like, component. when you thinking about it, he's actually quite a flamboyant kind mm. of character. And, like, in this, you really do get shades of that. Like, it, it's just something that I've been missing for mm. quite a long time. I'm like, oh, actually, really, you know, he, he's kind of... Quite a funny guy.
0: (laughs) Well, the Heath Ledger one did have little moments of it, didn't it? it, Wasn't it very like like, skipped along, very
1: very minor moments. Um, But I mean, then again, that was a very different kind of film, and I like I don't mind that it takes itself seriously because the movies in itself are trying to be quite gritty and realistic. He's quite his his humour is quite sarcastic and like yeah, Mm. but um. Yeah, no, I just really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it. And
0: yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's a little bit of... Uh, well, the, the controversy that's... Like, I don't want to contribute to it in any way, but I don't. Oh, I think it's, it's kind of... I'm sick of the discourse. Like, and I, 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 I well, it's movie. kind of hard to, to go into it not thinking about what what's to be said. Mm. Um, And there have been people... And I've read reviews after having seen it that refer to it as irresponsible filmmaking. Yeah. Um... I think that like fundamentally and objectively the what they identify as being potentially problematic is the idea that the what some this is one argument for why it's yeah. problematic is that it could potentially be seen as a as a a call to action a call to action and a a sympathet- sympathetic betrayal of the joker and all of his behaviors. Yeah. Now, I think it's fairly safe to say that there are moments before this character starts doing mm. awful shit, where horrible things happen to him.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. So definitely, I'd heard that there was, um, leading into this movie, I'd heard, oh yeah, you know, the start, you kind of are supposed to feel sorry for him, mm. but as you go on, you start to sympathise with him less yeah. and less. There Now, for everyone, like, depends on how you respond to the movie, but like, for a majority of people, I'm pretty sure there are, there are a few scenes in there that are defining jumping off point in which you go, actually, this guy's a bit of a shit person. Yeah. <laughs> but there, are,
0: but 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 my point is, prior to that, there are moments where you do feel sympathy yeah, yeah. for him because he's effectively done nothing wrong. He's clearly got his own personal problems, and people are literally, Laying... physically, physically and and uh, metaphorically putting him down. Yeah, which. For any for anything to happen to anybody isn't isn't uh, isn't nice, mm. and that happens a, a number of times. The argument that effectively comes across in some of these reviews is that that the fact that we at one point sympathise with him uh, works some way to having us sympathise with what he then does. Now I think wh- that those occurrences where he's bullied and, and beaten up and, mm. and all the rest of it go some way to explaining, not justifying, but explaining what triggers this descent into criminality. Yeah. So there is a difference, I think there is a difference between explaining mm. uh, how he came to be this, this monster yeah. and justifying it. Explaining it would be, Tom killed Harry because Harry was bullying him. Yeah. Justifying it would be Tom killed Harry but it's okay because mm. Harry was bullying him. Well, At no point does the movie go what this character is doing it's okay.
1: I think watching this movie kind of reminded me a bit of how some people responded to the movie Vice mm. because Vice kind of does something similar where it um Dick Cheney is this this Horrible human being doing these horrible things for the government, and he's just weaseling his way and passing all these laws. But then at the same time, there are moments where you genuinely feel sorry for him, mm. and you kind of like you're not sure how to respond. And and you, I think some people took away from that movie, oh, you know, um, sympathetic portrayal yeah, of yeah, this monster, yeah, like yeah, like sympathetic portrayal of this monster. But it's like, no, it's it's. You can still... I think the point that I got from this movie and from something like Vice is, like, there are horrible people out there, and, yeah, sure, we can paint them as the worst, but you can kind of see how they... Come to be. How they came to be, and, like, granted, yeah, like, they're a shit person, but they... Yeah, you can see why, like, what build the building up over time of like how one thing led to another mm. led, led to another.
0: but at, but at no point saying that this caused this, the inference after saying this caused this doesn't automatically say this caused this but it's okay because mm. of what happened previously. that doesn't work like I mean it was it was it's hard not to go to the Joker and see parallels in his plight to those that are actually documented of people that commis, commit commit. Mass mm. shootings. So, like with the Columbine kids, if you look through what what they were going through at school, and there's bullying and instances they of them. They
1: listened to Marilyn Manson. Well, and they're gonna that's shoot up a, school. a moot
0: point. But like <laughs> with them being, with them having like literally instances of like human shit being thrown on them. Yeah, and then this rage building inside of them that obviously escalated in the way that it did and by no means mm. ended in a in a positive manner. Yep. And a re- responsible way of dealing with that would be, I don't know, not shooting up the school. Yeah, but yeah. the fact that they did shoot up the school isn't to say that they didn't have bad shit happen to them and it's not to say that that shit wasn't bad, it's just to acknowledge that their reaction to it was horrible. Mm. And that's what this movie does. Like It essentially gives you points where this character is is beaten down, he, he's getting angrier and angrier. He tries to find help through external sources and they effectively don't work. And so yeah. he he uh, he falls back on himself and his mm. motivation is to is to do what he does, which I nearly spoiled the movie right now. Yeah, yeah. But but at no point do, do they say that his that his behavior is is acceptable or that it's okay because he's had all this horrible shit happen to him. Yeah. Um and I feel like the inference that the movie that the movie is therefore capable of in of inciting that kind of response would kind of only happen if you were misreading the movie because I think that the movie, it goes, like uh, fairly clearly says that that behaviour is wrong I, despite his his beatdowns. Yeah. Responding in that way is bad. I think,
1: yeah, that might be what it ultimately comes down to is maybe people just are responding to this in the way that shouldn't be responding to. Right. Um, yeah, because I feel like this movie, yeah, is is a warning sign of saying, hey, you know, we need to be as a, I know the word society. I know the word uh, society is a bit of a meme now, but like as a society, we need to be looking after. We need to be treating everyone with respect mm-hmm. and stuff like that because you know you never know what someone's been through and. One small thing can lead to another, which can lead to, you know, the creation of something truly horrible.
0: I mean, the problem that I have with it, with them mentioning the fact that it's uh, a sympathetic betrayal of this character's behaviour is that, one, I don't think it is, but then using it as a damning point seems to be taking away from their assessment of the movie. And it's like, well, if that if that proposal isn't true, it's not really a bad point, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I think if the problem is that it's got the capacity to incite people, I think the problem should be, the, the the assessment should be that the problem is that there are people out there who would misread this kind of content. Not, the, not that the film itself is out there, because I think the film does a very clear and blatant job of damning the kind of yeah, actions that the the Joker eventually comes to to take, which truth be told does hold some parallels to the narratives of mass shooters, and particularly in the states. I think the last one that we had, Port Arthur, there is a similarity there as well. But yeah. um, but the movie goes very, very hard on the notion that on the on the on the statement that that behaviour is bad.
1: Mm. But yeah, no, Joker, it's out now. Definitely go see it. Go. I mean, if,
0: go give it a go. I mean, give I, it a gander. I don't know if I want to see it again. To be honest, I think if I see it again, I'm not going to like it as much.
1: I'm probably going to check it out again. I might go see it next week. Mm. Um, yeah, I because I'm a big comic book fan. It <laughs> was
0: actually l- less violent than I thought it would be. To be honest, but, yeah, each, but each instance yeah. of violence
1: did leave its mark on me. Mm. Um, yeah, like it's the violence isn't throughout, like, say, a John Wick or something like
0: that. Did you get a... And there's one scene in particular that I'm referring to, but did you get an American Psycho kind of Bret Easton Ellis less than zero vibe? There's a moment on the train with three people. Have you Uh, seen American Psycho? Yeah, I
1: love American Psycho. It's great. Um,
0: But those... There's a... They're basically three Patrick Bates. Oh yeah, Did yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I thought sorry. That, was, that was that was quite a clear like American Psycho.
1: Yeah, yeah, vibe. yeah. and as well as uh, they about? start talking about like the colours of their business cards, <laughs> chainsaws and shit.
0: Well, I mean, I have watched other shit besides Joker, but I feel like that discussions has taken
1: up all the was time. Was that supposed to be a pun for the next movie we're watching? I've
0: watched I watched that shit too. No, it's, yeah. I, I like Kenny. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, we're do, this week we're doing Kenny. I mean, last two weeks we've had. Had some fairly serious movies, and this week we thought we'd line it up with some
1: something a little bit more wholesome and light hearted. Wholesome, light. It's
0: oh, it's, it's full of heart. It is full of poo. Do you know, it's more wholesome than I remembered. Yeah, I know. Okay. Play the trailer. Let's listen to the trailer. And if you want to see the visuals, go to YouTube. Wow! I think can can the audio of this get taken down for copyright? Surely this is fair use.
1: This is fair use. Yeah. This is fair use.
0: Yeah. Oi, this is fair use. Anyway, enjoy the trailer. Well, you takes a certain kind of person to, to do what I do and it's just about having a thick skin.
1: Yeah.
0: No one's ever impressed, no one's ever fascinated with what you do. Are
1: you doing your job here? What's, are we, what's going on? We are. if you Have it to, you have that have paper. You yeah, understand?
0: We do mate, I'm sorry. There is a smell in here that is going to outlast religion. So I
1: don't do it for the glory, I don't do it to impress people. It's the job. Look
0: yeah. at Hey? What kind of curry's that like being open? Finally, four episodes in, Jesse. Yep. Get to talk about some shit. Shit deep. Some deep, neck deep and neck fuck deep. words in it. Words, I'm good at it. It is
1: smelly no, in it here. It is,
0: it's, this is shit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Kenny was released in August of 2006, introducing us to the titular Portaloo purveyor and his level headed philosophies. Through its documentary stylings, we followed him as he provided temporary rest facilities for the likes of festivals and military shows, before reaching the heights of the International
1: Pumper and Cleaner Expo in Nashville, Tennessee, and the posh piss-up that is the Melbourne Cup. The inference of reality the documentary presentation provided would act as a trapping for the undiscerning viewer, as Kenny was in fact the comic creation of brothers Clayton and Shane Jacobson.
0: In what was to become something of an indie success story, they cast family members in supporting roles, while Clayton himself assumed the role of director and Kenny's brother David.
1: Shane himself took on the lead role. After its premiere in the aptly selected town of Poobong, the character was plunged into national consciousness as something of a working-class hero.
0: Beyond jokes around bodily functions, Kenny possessed an endearing spirit that most would aspire to. As Shane Jacobson says, Kenny can walk very comfortably into a room of queens and kings or fellow plumbers and feel equal and validated in front of all of them because he was happy with what he was doing and there's a freedom in that. Jesse. Yep, you brought this movie in.
1: Yep, you brought I brought it in. it in.
0: Show and tell in it. Show, t- <laughs> Show and tell. Show and tell. Um, now you you brought this movie in and and it's I hadn't seen it in a very long time. I Same think it was it would have been about ten years since I last saw it. Oh
1: yeah, I watched this film. I'm pretty sure it was either 2006 or 2007. Probably 2007. I remember um, my parents used to go to Bali a lot and they'd come back with a suitcase full of barley DVDs for, like, ten bucks or something like Mac- that. Next minute the federal police just <laughs> bust through your window. Look, I... Nah.
0: Flame throw <laughs> all those, like, DVDs. I'm assuming they came in those little plastic sleeves yeah, with, like yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. with, like, the paper cover. And then
1: some of them are, like, um, the covers are just really weird old, alternate covers, and the English on it is a little bit broken, even to the extent where I even got one... I saw one, so you know how you get some where they have the uh, the reviews for the movie on mm. the front of the cover? I had one that was like, yeah, this, like, the review literally said something along the lines of, like, yeah, this film's not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? It's like, it's a,
0: it's a film. I mean, yeah, it's I, a movie. Like,
1: I, I don't know if the translation just didn't go, someone didn't care or something like that, but, yeah. like... I, I, I can't remember the specific wording of it, but like the quote that they used did not sell the. Film I like the idea that then
0: just below that it's just like a monosyllabic fucking like. Eh. <laughs> what do you think of this movie?
1: Eh.
0: <laughs> I remember like I went to a mate's house and he'd been to Laos I think and gotten a whole bunch of wow. illegal DVDs. Won't say his name because you know don't don't want to. The guy. fucking Jim. Wow. <laughs> Give the name of someone I don't like. Yeah. Anyway, um. Yeah, and he he had a pirated copy of Kenny. Really, and it was essentially the the cover that we have here in Australia. But the cover that we have here in Australia is Kenny walking along what looks like a, a road of of um, toilet. toilet rolls. Yeah, yeah. And he's in like the the top right corner, more or less. Yeah. Anyway, in the very center of the of the cover was a girl in a bikini. Right, <laughs> and it was. I feel like it was just to up the appeal of the movie. That it's like, yeah, you've got this story about a plumber, but look at all the hot girls. That are there. <laughs> there are no girls in bikinis and Kenny. Like, yeah. unless we, were, unless that was a different movie where about halfway through they like, spliced in like a little bit of porn Lit- to try and spice <laughs> it up for people. Well,
1: I mean, the closest thing there is to it is he goes to the Sydney Pride Parade and there's like a guy. There's a
0: guy in a bikini. Yeah, there's a guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I,
0: if, I mean, if you're hetero and looking for some. Looking for a good time. Eye candy, you might be a little bit short <laughs> Mind you, the, what is it, uh, Macca, the one that he meets at the Pride Festival, does look rather, rather dashing. Rather
1: it. dashing, yes. In yes. her high heels yes. and
0: uh, earrings. But, you um, no. the first time I saw her, I remember, was 2006, and it was actually, I've, I've deduced that it would have been not too long after the movie had come out, but I was oh, on yeah. an interstate oh. flight. And it was actually, it, do you know, it would have been within weeks of this movie coming out, but for whatever reason, Qantas was showing it as its in-flight movie, <laughs> righto? And as I was, uh, you know, a kid, I was getting bored and everything, so I'd watch <laughs> it, whatever whatever it was showing, and I started watching Kenny. And to be honest, I would have been about uh, nine, I think, and I wasn't really digging it too much. And I, okay. I I could appreciate that it was it was there were funny bits and and that I could see what it was doing, mm. but. I just found it a bit boring in parts.
1: I, see, I had quite a different reaction. I, When I first watched this, I mean, granted, I actually... You know when you watch a movie when you're younger and you think it's great, and then you actually, I don't know, just over time you've kind of forgotten about mm. it? Well, so like, i kind of forgotten about it over time, and so that's why I wanted to rewatch this. But um, when I had initially first watched this, I... I think I just found it funny because it was like a large guy talking about poo. <laughs>
0: but see that when when I was younger I can like I mean what I remember from my first time watching it truth be told is getting halfway through on the plane and not watching it and I took it out. Now my dad tells me this story often and I remember it distinctly and what had happened was he had started off not watching the movie, but as I took my headphones out, I noticed that everybody else in the plane was laughing, or there was there was an audible uh, section of the plane that was yeah. guffawing quite. Quite profoundly. Okay. Um. And after some time after I'd taken my headphones out, my, my dad put his on and then relayed to me at the end of the flight that he was spurred on by the fact that the audience or the the, the passengers were responding quite quite well to it. So I didn't see the end of it, but my dad came in halfway through and quite appreciated mm, it. Yeah. Um. And would then talk about it, it as like, oh, that movie on the plane was funny. That Kenny yeah. was like, <laughs> it was a funny movie. And then years later, I got it on DVD. I gave it a, another chance, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. Little, about you know two years on, um, my dad would that would then be the thing that he'd show to people because we've got family who were from the UK. that would be a video that he'd show them of you know hey right, have a look yeah, at this Australian humor yeah, here we and, go you know bust, bust get yeah <laughs> bust that on to the DVD phone and it's like, oh yeah, look at this cultural sharing yeah um, <laughs> but of- yeah I, I I enjoyed it the the second time round and and got it a bit better. So last time I would have seen it would have been around 2008 2009 I think. Yeah. In all truth. So with that in mind watching it I actually have seen it now like I saw it twice in the time that we that we had to prep for this podcast. Okay. Because it was almost like revisiting it was watching it for the first time again because I'd I'd forgotten a lot of mm. what was in it. But beyond that watching it again I realized that there's so much there were so many jokes that I that crossed my mind nearly on, like, an at least monthly basis that I'm like, oh, right, that's from Kenny. Like, things like Australians all let us ring Joyce. <laughs> I swear I think about every... Oh,
1: yeah, young and free. <laughs> For she
0: is young and free. She... <laughs> which I swear, think like, crosses my mind at least once a month or whenever yeah. the national anthem comes into play. Beyond that, I swear to God, store high in transit pops into my mind yeah, every it does. time I see shit written down. Yeah, like, yeah. as a as a as a word yeah um i don't know that that's a that that's a jacobson creation i think that that's that, that that's it, a that's an urban myth that's, yeah, that's been around for yeah, a while yeah i think it's
1: been in the cultural yeah. existence for a while but I
0: think. still uh, not still high uh, training kenny would have been the first time that i that i came across yeah it, yeah so. yeah um watched it watched it again for the for the the purposes of this podcast was yeah. so was this the first time that you'd seen it for a while. After.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was the second time that I'd ever watched it. and Really? Yeah, only the second time. You fu-
0: I can't believe this. <laughs> Sorry, but like, I guess it- <laughs> The way that we do this and the way that we've been functioning is that on one week I'll suggest something the next week Jesse will suggest something. And we planned to do Kenny before we had even recorded the proposition one. Yeah. And Jesse quite proudly presented Kenny to me and I thought that this was going to be, like, a staple of his childhood. (laughs) Next thing, he's seen it twice. Dude, I've probably seen it in my entire lifetime, like... Fucking loads. loads. How's that for a number? Crap loads. Shit loads. I've yep. seen it a shitload of times. Like really, twice. Yeah, twice. I can't believe. Number that. two. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that whole thing was a setup, so you could tell. Yeah, 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 Like yeah, I'm joking. Yeah. Like I've seen it ten times. It's like I've got it tattooed on my <laughs> chest.
1: I've seen it two times. It's just like in the shape of a poo. <laughs> So how how was it
0: how was it uh on your second your second viewing? time around yeah fucking like ten years <laughs> gap between watching it
1: yeah I I'd, I'd really I think yeah I'd really forgotten a lot of Well, you
0: fucking would have done <laughs> it it was the second time you'd seen it <laughs> imagine if you got there and you're like oh I, to, I didn't mean fuck I was thinking of the dish I didn't mean Kenny at all. <laughs>
1: I thought you meant the guy from South Park.
0: <laughs> it's <was> like, this <laughs> is a funny film.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry, go on. I'll stop
1: interrupting. I I think watching it, when I first watched this movie, I yeah, I appreciated it on the fact that it was like, oh, it's a large guy and he's got a bit of a lisp, he sounds funny, he's mm. talking about poo, and you know, in my family, you know, we we like a bit of you know, to, like <laughs> no, we just like a bit of you know, just kind of silly humor. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh yeah, this is this is Gray's talking, you know, holding up like destroyed toilet seats and stuff like that, and that's funny. And I mean, it still is funny now, but like I think now I I kind of viewed it as a more just kind of sincere film about a guy who just loves mm. doing what he's doing. Well, I
0: think what you've what you've identified as traits in the movie, like the essentially toilet humor. Um, and the Lisp are like I feel like a two. Not to down anybody. Two,
1: number two. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: two uh, components that are that are um, in terms of what are like you know base level funny. Obviously, this is a subjective thing. But yeah. in terms of you know, uh, staple tropes for comedy. And I mean like in different the... lisps and and bodily functions within are, the are
1: whole. Ripe genre of comedy generally if you talk to a comedian they'll say that yeah poop jokes are kind of very basic and they're Quite juvenile. But see, at the this thing, stage. the
0: thing, like it's almost like the the idea of Kenny had fermented in my mind as this thing that was totally shit centric. Yeah, like it was like in my yeah, head. Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. Having last seen it in say two thousand and nine, in the ten year gap, it had just come to be in my recollection this film that was so centred on bodily functions. Watching it this, the, um, during this revisiting, I realised that it was a lot less to do with. Uh, shit than I remembered. Yeah. In fact, I think I paid more attention to the more human components this exactly, second time around. yeah. But I, I think fundamentally, and this is tying back to the first time I saw it, I think it does have, as a movie it does have some very... I wouldn't go so far as to say clear problems, but I do think it's safe to say that there are points where you can look at and go, "Okay, I can understand why not a lot of people are liking this, or I can understand why, if you're going to get super snooty about movies, Mm. which you shouldn't do, but I can understand why people are turning their nose up at it.
1: Yeah. So I think that, like... People who think their shit don't sting. (laughs) (laughs) Did you write the movie? Because you're coming up with these zingers, man. um,
0: I think... And weirdly before we recorded this uh, after we recorded the proposition last week I said to Jesse I because next week's my chance to to pick the movie I said a little bit of me wanted to do Barry McKenzie just cuz I rewatched Barry McKenzie um say like the night before yeah and was somewhat spurred on to do that cuz it was you know it was fresh in my mind but then I realized that no you can, I don't think it's safe to do Barry McKenzie so soon after Kenny cuz even though they're very different movies They have a lot in common. Yeah. And I think crucially, the kind of battler lead character Mm. is uh, something you can point to. Obviously, I think Kenny's a lot more sympathetic. Uh, You you sympathize more with Kenny than you do with Barry McKenzie. Exactly. uh, Barry McKenzie's more of an ugly character, and you come to see him as a more ugly character as he's aged in the fucking 40 years since Mm. that movie came out. Um, But I think crucially, that there's a battler component to it. This This idealistic. Idea of the battler. We're talking in stereotypes here that yeah. you can apply to Kenny and you can apply to Barry McKenzie. But aside from that, the Barry McKenzie movie is kind of loosely structured. Mm. In fact, it's essentially a vehicle for a, for a, a slew of jokes that Barry Humphries has written, often at the expense of the Australian character and the English character. And that's that's kind of what it carries is the idea that it's commenting on on national stereotypes and national ideals. Some of which are true, some of which are you know total fucking make-believe, but (laughs) I feel like Kenny's quite similar, is that in that there isn't much of a narrative. No,
1: I mean, that comes from the fact that it is more of a mockumentary is that, and it doesn't really by using that style of comedy like, it doesn't have to have much of a narrative, I don't feel. I think, well I don't know, because like, uh, I was thinking about this and
0: after having so, two thousand and six, Kenny came out. I'd seen We Can Be Heroes. The year subsequent, Summer Heights High came out, um, and then followed Chris Lilly's stuff right the way through. Uh, and the, the time between when I last saw Kenny and now, I've obviously come up with uh, come up with seen the 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 Office, yeah, the, the original Office, and and things like that. Spinal Tap, and I mean, if it, a mockumentary, I feel like is more reason than any to to instill in your documentary or your pseudo-documentary and narrative, because you're actually in control of that. Yeah. So I was feeling when I came to re-watch Kenny, when I came to watch Kenny for the purposes of, of this podcast, that if a movie works on going A leading to B leading to C, and so on till you get to the end of the movie, Kenny is effectively like a whole slew of A's. Yeah. Like, very rarely does a scene lead to another scene in the, sen- in the, the sense of... A causes B if A and B are scenes. Yeah. They are essentially A A A with the ex- exception of somewhere towards the end of the movie where there are a couple that are A to B when you get to the to the um to his father's illness. Yeah. But essentially they are quite episodic, quite sketch-based and almost feel as though to begin with if you watch the first 10 minutes of the movie and you've just seen the first 10 minutes I think it's very you can understand why people would come away from that 10 minutes thinking okay this, these these to have made this movie after they formulated a, a, a lineup of scatological humor. Yeah. But I feel like and this is where my misremembering came into play. I came I came to the movie in this revisiting thinking that that, that was essentially all the movie was to it. Um you know, 1 hour uh 1 hour and 40 minutes worth of fecal humor. <laughs> um but obviously I think I'd, I think it's safe to say that after about the first 15 minutes the abundance or the 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 concentration of bodily function humor, yeah, kind of dries up, and it and it comes into I know why you're <laughs> laughing at that. Kind of it, dries, it dries up. It dries up, and then dry, you find it under the shoe. But it, <laughs> but and then the there's obviously still jokes in there, and there are still uh, shit jokes, mm. as in jokes relating to shit. But then but the the humor then becomes a sort of more. Uh, Around other things and more around behaviours, around attitudes and around just general expressions. I think mm. fundamentally, what's quite funny about the the humour in this movie is similar to, to Barry McKenzie, is that they're the kind of funny that your your friend down the 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 pub is. Now, while Barry McKenzie was was a stylised version of jovial Australianness, Kenny going and in terms of you're right, the documentary. Uh, Facilitates a realness to it. The mockumentary uh, component uh, facilitates a realness to it. The humor that he espouses is the kind of dinner party humor. Yeah, it's
1: like I yeah the humor yeah it's crap jokes and all that. But like just the way he kind of speaks, like it it very much. He feels like an uncle that I might have or something like that. You know that that kind of is it's not like stop here's a punch. He's a punchline kind of thing. It's like, no, it feels quite natural because mm. he feels like such a believable character. And it doesn't
0: always feel like they're coming in places where they're like, okay, now it's time for a joke. It's like if you're having a discussion and you'll say something that, like, that'll be a phrase that is quite funny, like things like... Uh, mad as a clown's cock. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. just put that in anything, I will probably laugh. <laughs> genuinely. because a- Automatically, Joker I'm imagining... Joker 2019. <laughs> <laughs> a different kind of clown's cock. But I'm not being funny. You say clown's cock, I'm imagining a cock that's painted like a clown's face. I'm oh. imagining a cock that's been like painted white with like blue and red dots all over it.
1: I'm imagining just like one that just says society right on the side. <laughs> I'm imagining a balloon animal. <laughs> Instead of
0: a cock, it's a balloon animal. <laughs> or you get there and it's like one of those horns, and you're like, "Oh, you fooled me." <laughs> or it's like an acid. It's like an acid flower or something. Um, or it's just one of those never-ending. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a never-ending cock. <laughs> just this Mr. Fantastic just keeps on stretching. <laughs> Anyways. Kenny Kenneth Kenneth, Kenneth. Kenneth as uh, if it was made in England Sir Kenneth good old Kenneth Kenny I mean this is a we mentioned it kind of last week and this isn't this is a senator on Australian films yeah. but I want to stress crucially I'm not inclined to make it a nationalistic where mad sporting pride. Kind of view of Australian films, exactly. more a kind of exposition and an ex uh, a look at what has come out of Australia in mm. terms of film. Um, so the fact that this came out, and I think it grows something like a little over six million now. Um, it undeniably had a resonance with people, and I feel like a little bit of that, aside from it being a jovial form of humour which we often like to point to and say, oh, that's so Australian even though I'm fairly confident that there are countries that have, uh, you know, their version of it. There was... Kenny was essentially a well-to-do guy who was very happy in what he was doing, though it wasn't the flashiest job and he wasn't the richest man and he wasn't he wasn't the smartest man. Like, the movie makes no buts about the fact... In fact, Kenny in mm. the movie makes no buts about the fact that he doesn't think that he's the smartest person in the world. But at the end of the day, he was content, he was happy, he treated everybody with respect. Like, it didn't matter if... if uh, m- difference didn't matter to him. Exactly, it yeah. Was, it was blanket right and wrong blanket sense of what was right and what was wrong, and he was very firmly principled, to which end I think there's a little bit of of the national acceptance of him as sort of a, a cinematic figure mm. that is in some way linked to the idea that he represents an Australian ideal. Yeah. Now, I don't know that that's a uniquely Australian ideal, but like I say, when a lot of people come to defining things that are uniquely Australian, they mm. just attribute... Uh, ideals that essentially anybody could hold, and they go, "Yep, that's right, that's us." Yeah, yeah. We yeah. drink beer, but then you go to the UK, and they're like, "Oh, if you've got, if you're an alcoholic, you might be from England." And it's like, "Well, no." It seems like there are three countries in this in the yeah. world that hold alcoholism, like casual alcoholism, yeah. as an ideal that is in some way infatuated with well, their national he's character. He's
1: ultimately just a yeah, he's just a simple man. He just does does what he has to do, and he yeah, he's got a very and I don't mean this in a negative sense. He's got a very yeah, just a very black and white kind of perspective uh, on life, and he yeah he uh, I I think a lot of I think a lot of people who have maybe grown up in more traditional kind of backgrounds and stuff like that could definitely identify with him just because he's yeah. He's just, it
0: is it is quite you know it's that it's whole thing of. um Crucially, you know you pay your way in life, mm. which I think I think it's something that everybody really holds like fundamentally. Work yeah. hard and you get you get something in return. But f- that's that's what's at the core of his character that he's like. But the thing is, he's content in it, and the the fact that he's content in what a lot of us would see as a
1: shit kicker job, quite literally. literally. <laughs> the
0: fact that he's content in it is quite admirable. Yeah. Um. Did you ever? And I'm going to make this this comparison, not to disparage Kenny by any means, but I think the idea of seeing things having quite a firm right and wrong principle is something that plays plays out in two movies. I think in the case of the two examples that I'm going to give, there are other explanations for why these characters uh, think this way. Yeah. But I think both movies, which I'm about to tell you, um, clarify that this strong principled outlook and a very firm idea of black and white, right and wrong, goes some way to prevailing in the end. Firstly, I think that that's something that plays out in Forrest Gump yeah, whether, yeah, where, definitely. Like he, he's—they don't say necessarily what he's, uh, what he has. Whether it's whether it is to do with just how he's brought up. Whether he actually has a diagnosis mental illness. Like illness. Yeah, he's got a firm sense. He's got a black and white sense of right and wrong. Yeah, and that ultimately prevails at the end of the day as he goes on to encounter things that we now recognise as being uh, crucial points in history. And, and he, I think he also, rises above. I think also above what, injustice.
1: Also, as well, I think the comparison between Kenny and that is, yeah, he's quite a very humble man. Yeah. You know, someone, uh, well, Forrest Gump, for example, you know, he goes and in, he makes the most out of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes and does, like, amazing things. Like, he ends up getting shares in Apple and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, but, yet he doesn't let it get the better of him. I mean, with Kenny, you know, he's not doing a super flashy job or anything like that. But, like... He's, and he hasn't travelled that much. I mean, he does travel in the movie, but he makes the most of what he's been given mm. and he enjoys it kind yeah. of thing. Um, and, yeah, like, going back to Forrest Gump, people are questioning him when he goes for a run. It's like, why are you doing this? You're doing this for a cause? You're doing this to support the troops or something, protest oh, no, or something to. like that? It's like no, I'm just I'm just doing this because I can kind of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can definitely see that comparison between them. The,
0: the other one that I'd bring up, and I don't know if it's something that you've seen, but it does it, it's closer to Forrest Gump than it is to Kenny, but it still brings up this idea of black and white, right and wrong, and that prevailing in the end. The movie called uh, Being There, have you seen that? No, I have not okay. seen that one. Weirdly enough, okay, so it's a movie from, I think, about 1980. It's Hal Ashby directed and starring Peter Sellers in a more... Okay. Straight dramatic role. Yeah. Um it's actually where Chance the Rapper got his name. Oh, good Because uh in the film Peter Sellers plays a guy called Chaunce. <laughs> and he's essentially been raised and brought up solely in this manner in which he's the gardener. Yeah. And to that end hasn't been uh raised as anything but the gardener, hasn't gone through any kind of education, is essentially just brought up, taught to do the garden gardening and Got much of his education from TV, and so he's come out as essentially quite a simple man, but yeah. not, not by way of, of uh, that an behavior. intellect deficit. He's just mm. not been, he's not experienced the world, and he's not had the information fed mm. to him. Um, but his name is Chance the Gardener. Uh, yeah. Chance, wait, Chance the Gardener, that's Chance his name, the Gardner, Chance the Gardener. Yeah. But when the the owner of this manor dies, he's effectively just kicked out onto the street, is inadvertently hit by the car of someone who's an advisor to the to the president, mm. um, and when he introduces himself, saying, "I am Chance the Gardener," they mishear it as Chauncey Gardener, <laughs> and he then he then gets taken into this to this family uh, home, um, but then when it is they don't understand that he's he's got like a. An impairment in his in his knowledge, and so effectively you're talking to him as yeah thinking uh, having a normal conversation. Well. Yeah, but then he's coming up with with essentially all that he knows is gardening, so he's coming up with like statements around gardening, like oh you must plant the seeds and water them to see grows. Yeah, and they say this is some deep profound alignment. Yeah, and and it, it escalates and escalates where he eventually becomes an advisor to the president, <laughs> and the movie ends with with uh, the suggestion that they're actually going to get rid of the president, and they're like, well, who do we get? And it's like well, chance. Yeah, like we get we get we put Chauncey Chauncey Gardner in because because yeah. he's got such a I think you're saying tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cause he's got such a clear moral outlook, and it, all it came down to was he knew black and white what made his job work, mm. and that was all he knew. So when people asked him questions around mm. what, like you know. Uh, political policies, he found a way to link it to what he knew and in that way was giving a black and white assessment of the situation and that was ultimately what prevailed. I feel like that's something that plays out in Forrest Gump and in a similar way, in Kenny, but of course, those those characters characters well, very different from Kenny.
1: Interestingly, you bring that up. There is that moment towards the start where he's on the phone uh, with a client and he's talking uh, about an, a future event that's coming mm-hmm. up, and he's asking all these questions about um, how many people are going to be at this event. Is there going to be food there? You know, is there going to be alcohol there? You know, what kind of food is going to be there? Is there going to be um, curries and stuff like that? And Yes, it is played for laughs and and see and and the punchline of of it is yes it's the Because p- you
0: because you need more curry. Because yeah, they're having more curry, they yeah, need more yeah, yeah, solid yeah. cubicles.
1: And then he yeah, he mentions the piss to shit ratio. <laughs> um, but when you actually look at that kind of deduction that he's doing of the phone there, yeah, sure it's in relation to Plumbing and toilets and and stuff like that, but like, yeah, no, he's he, he he's more or less doing event planning and stuff it's, like that. But in a way, I don't know,
0: I don't know if that if if realistically the consumption of curry at the festival would mean more toilets because surely it takes a bit of time to, to to digest in the way that you could foreseeably deduce to more toilets would be necessary, but it, it, it is logical. that like and That's that's quite a logical <laughs> assessment. Like, what are you going to be eating? Oh, things that make you shit more? Well, you need more toilets. And I
1: mean, like... He's a
0: businessman yeah, after all, like, literally.
1: Yeah, he is a businessman, exactly. And he oversees a heap of staff in that. Like, he is in more or less like a manage- management kind of position. Like, they there would definitely be transferable skills with that, mm. and he could take that into other jobs. But the fact that he stays... With this job because it's something he loves and he's something he knows the ins and outs of. Like, yeah, that's quite interesting.
0: And he does by the end, of course, because he gets the option to go to a to a desk job, but he's, that would mean leaving his boy. Mm. Um, and he ultimately stays in Melbourne because uh, Melbourne's where the film's based, and the the opportunity of the desk job is based out in Sydney. And he, the end titles, effectively say that he turned it down. Um, the company that he works for, Splashdown, is actually a company that exists, and it does have the name Splash, but oh, it's Splashdown. Oh, really? enough. And if you see during that moment when they're in, when they're at the military show, they also provide a, a free water fountain. Yeah. As well. Um. But beyond that, the actual company apparently donated like five hundred thousand dollars to the budget of the movie. Wow. And like we said in the introduction, this does feel like it was something of a an indie film fairy tale because mm. once this this came out, I mean. I was aware of it quite soon after it came out, but beyond that, I feel like a, a lot of people suddenly became quite aware of Shane Jacobson. Exactly. Um, and he—he he, even now he's on that. I, I forgot the name of it last week, and I still don't know. But he's hosting something on. Yeah. Channel, yeah. There's one the of fuck. those
1: like shows where it's like, hey, we've got a popular host, and we're going to get contestants yeah. up, and they're going to do this. And but
0: it's it, he's he quite quickly became an Australian media personality. Mm all because of this movie and like i said it, it made essentially 6 million dollars at the box office. Mm. Now, actually i think do you know what i think it's count for global box office was 6 million really and something. Yeah. Like 6 million and uh, a couple hundred thousand Seven but dollars. But <laughs> at least 6 million of yeah. that was local as in in australia. Yeah. Um, yeah and i feel like it's it was almost a, an overnight success story yeah. in the case of in the case of this movie. Um, and, like, I, I was almost considering going through to watch it. Like I said, I watched it twice for the purposes of this podcast. I was almost considering going through it a third time and just writing really? down okay. all of the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they are quite uh, consistent.
1: But I think... Some of them are a bit random, though. Like, I'm, I'm still trying to work out what as silly as a bum full of Smarties means. Silly as a bum full of Smarties.
0: Wasn't there one where he called ecstasy fruity disco biscuits? <laughs> The wacky tobacco the Maybe it's just it's
1: supposed to be funny because it sounds ridiculous kind of thing. you know.
0: Well, it what is it? Silly as a bum full of smarties? Silly as a bum full of smarties. Well, a bum full of smarties is pretty silly. When is a bum full of anything not silly?
1: <laughs> Does he mean like a bum is in a bottom or a bum is like a homeless person? Oh, that's clever.
0: Yeah, exactly. Say it, dude, this is like literary assessment of That's, a, of a that's what I got joke. confused
1: by. I'm like... When would a bum get a heap of smarty?
0: Dude, I would love this to be in an English English lit class, and like, okay, so as Jacobson says in two (laughs) thousand and six, as silly silly as as a bum. Now, one could deduce him to mean an anus, but another could deduce him to mean a hobo. Discuss. (laughs) Um. Right, six thousand words. (laughs) I wish I could have done that in you. <laughs> but what would be more interesting to question was why you said Smarties and not M&Ms. Was he, was he worried about the fallback from Cadbury's? No, but... From the, the Mars company, No, actually?
1: but here's the thing, though. I feel like, because uh, uh, Kenny in this movie, you know, recently going through a divorce, I feel like... And such a simple man. I feel like he's the type of guy who doesn't really care for name brands and popular brands like M&M's. I feel like he's definitely a Smarties yeah. guy. Well, he
0: could say you're crazy as a bum full of chocolate sweets.
1: Yeah. I feel like he's the kind of person that isn't afraid to get um, black and gold or, like, Cole's home brand. you know? Yeah.
0: Well, who is really afraid to get... It? Sorry, if you're complaining that someone's <laughs> bought black and gold, what the fuck? Black and Gold Marshmallows when I was younger. This episode of the
1: pod, sponsored by Colts. <laughs>
0: sponsored by Black and Gold. <laughs> they contributed 50 cents. <laughs> Half of their net worth. <laughs> how much? Speaking of 50 cents, that's how much their butter costs. <laughs> speaking of like. Okay, fundamentally, in this movie, my favourite character is the father. No, the the father of Kenny. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did they give him a name? No, but the guy that plays him is Ron Jacobson, who Ron, is the, the actual father, father of Shane and Clayton. Shane and, Jacob, and uh yeah. Jesse Kenny's son is actually played by Clayton's son yeah. and there's that moment where they go to visit Kenny's father yeah. who is quite a belligerent gruff old man clearly from a different time and also clearly from the bush what he's wearing looks yeah, like he's yeah. come from a yeah. fucking farm yeah. but once they leave he's like you know take that put that in your fund he's like yes yeah. yeah, thank granddad for the 20 cents mate uh, I think that's <laughs> yeah a- <laughs> like 20 cents I think oh, that's so- that's an interesting joke So on the one hand I'm like oh that's fucking
1: nothing but I'm like man I'm sure there are people out there that would love to get 20 cents exactly like. but- no, I mean, like I remember when I was that age, around that kind of time, like getting, you know, getting grandma giving me like fifty cents or something like that. And I'm like, I'm what could you me. buy like, with
0: twenty cents? I, for like a chopper. I remember at the, at getting Kohl's so checkout.
1: excited one day, getting like a ten dollar note, and I was like, oh my gosh, this oh, is my amazing. God, you just and me and then I, re- and then coming to the realization that ten dollars can like barely afford like one meal. <laughs> you can get
0: a whole chicken at Coles.
1: Oh, it depends where you go. Like, but like most kind of restaurants or cafes, yeah, ten dollars no, no yeah, gets no. you a side at most. Mind you, like
0: three years ago, I was walking down Beaufort Street, um, and literally just on the pavement was tw- a twenty dollar note.
1: Really? I once found a. I once found eighty dollars. Yeah, like, fucked, really? No, no, I found eighty dollars underneath my bin. I went to go. <laughs> I, went, I went to go take the uh, bring the bin in one morning and found eighty dollars. So I was like. Damn. Okay. What did you do with it? Ah, uh, well, I didn't get to keep it because we actually had we had a technician come that day and he dropped it. Oh right. Okay. So we had to give it back. But I, I was, was like... wondering if
0: you if you took it and it turned out that like underneath your bin was actually where they were doing a trade off for drugs. Like yeah. someone had left like a bit of cocaine. <laughs> to be honest, in my suburb, it I wouldn't left, be and surprised. Left money there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Anyways, Kenny. Yeah. Kenny, twenty cents. Twenty cents. Yeah, the granddad gives him twenty cents, and I mean part like. Last couple of episodes, we've been going through the beats of of our movies and finding that, you know, we're essentially just recapping the films. We didn't want to do that with this one, partly because I'm worried about that. That's just going to be boring for people in general. We're trying out this new format. And then this happens. And then this happens. A to B to C. But more than that, it's kind of been spurred on doing this for, for this episode, partly because I don't want to do that. As yeah. a format, I feel like that's going to bore people. But secondly, when it comes to Kenny, I don't know that you can do that exactly because yeah. you have like it is quite episodic. And watching it this 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 uh yep. the criticism that I had of it when I was younger was that it was a little bit boring. Watching it this 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 time around, I did kind of feel the same way. Just because I feel like th- there are moments w- in the absence of the plot or in the absence of anything to quite dr- drive and link the scenes. Once the jokes dry up and you get up into moments where he's boxing or the quiet times when he's getting ready for his job, he comes out of the shower. There's a moment. Is cooking eggs at one yeah, point. Yeah. I feel like there is a noticeable lull in my engagement of it. And I feel like that 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 is a. I feel like the movie itself lulls once the steam of the jokes start stop to, to push it
1: forward. I think that's a fair assessment. Like it has the film has a lot of heart and a lot of poo, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it kind of falls a little bit flat. You know, towards that kind of. End of the second act, start of Mm. the third act, kind of thing. Because, well, not that there are really acts Uh, in this movie, but like, yeah, it once it gets rid of some of the poo jokes and starts to form a tries to, well, like, there's an absence of a narrative there. Mm. So like, and you you're expecting this kind of narrative to keep it going, but when it doesn't happen, you kind of. It's just a series yeah, of scenes. Kind of, that in those happen? bits,
0: in those bits where the jokes stop and it kind of lulls to a date, to a literal fly on the wall, this is just what this character's doing. I mean, the the movie is called Kenny. Yeah, it's a set, it's all about this guy. You don't leave Kenny. As far as I can remember, Kenny's in every fucking scene.
1: It's like Joker, pretty much. Yeah, like
0: Joker's in every single scene. I think it was I I think you might you know there's one scene in Taxi Driver that Travis Bickle's not in. And yeah, it's the scene where Harvey Keitel's dancing with Jody Foster. in uh, that room. That's one scene in the rest of Travis Bickle. But I think in the case of Kenny, very strong carrot parallel to Taxi Driver because, in (laughs) a sense, Kenny does have, like, his final mode of uh, retribution at the end by pouring shit in that guy's car. That's his concluding shootout.
1: (laughs) I will say, like... One man's
0: descent into madness, <laughs>
1: Kenny. If there's one scene that would like definitely improve the plot of Kenny, it would be um... if you shot someone. Uh, um... No, no, I take that <laughs> back. i feel horrible if that you know that happened. iconic scene of uh, in Taxi Driver where Travis Bickle is flexing with the gun and all mm-hmm. that. Just having like a moment with Kenny, like with the lisp. Yeah, <laughs> like you talking to me. He's talking to me, and he's just in his apartment there, just like. Moving the gun around, just going, you talking me, kind of thing. So, yeah. Definitely, that would that would improve it. But I do
0: think that um, that there are... if the, Okay, if the movie is essentially a character assessment for the titular... shit The shit <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck did I laugh?
1: What's this wrong with me? is such a bad,
0: what bad kind
1: of... I'm sorry, is, folks.
0: If it is... You know, just just a, essentially a character assessment, and you, those those moments are fly on the wall moments. Yeah, that's fine, but I do think compared to what's going on prior, where whether it feels like the purpose of it is to be a, a a driving comedy, and it is a driving comedy in parts. Those moments where it where it feels like a driving comedy, uh, in parts is what I meant. Um, those moments where it's where it lulls are quite noticeable, mm. and it's strange that when you get into that moment of kind of disengaging when it re- when it jumps up again with like a, a a set piece i feel like it takes a little bit to then get back into and get back into the swing of the comedy so I yeah, that those, yeah. those those lulls do it do it a great deal of favors so
1: what you're basically saying is like if it's going to continue to be just a series of like funny sketches like it should have committed to that rather than well, t- t- taking a step back and then jumping back in?
0: Well, my whole thing is this. Like, I think, crucially, the movie doesn't really have a plot, but that, that's not necessarily a bad thing So, there are plenty of movies that don't have plots per se, but they that still have something that drive it. So if, that's, if the case is the movie doesn't have a plot, what's there to drive it? And I think yeah. fundamentally in the case of this character, it's this character's spirit and endearingness, if that's what yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that he's someone that you stick with because you want to see what happens to him and you want to you, you're enjoying spending time with this character because he's pleasant to be around. Yeah. But the fact that there are these lulls where you're just with the character and it's not necessarily funny and it is mm-hmm. it is kind of a little bit uh you do disengage a little bit. Then opens up for well, like well how do you how do you keep keep it going in those moments? Yeah. I mean, of course the movie needs moments to breathe and you know, it's not all going to be uh joke after joke after joke. Yeah what do you do when you get to these situations where it's a little bit quieter mm. and i think it's fair to say a little bit more boring
1: yeah um well i th- one idea i did have which i thought was a little bit lacking in this movie is they have a lot of additional ce- like little side scenes talking about in relation to marriage and stuff like that There's when he's a- boxing yeah. i can't do the bits when he's boxing i don't know mm. that you need that that builds the yeah. character but i feel like i've i've But, like, there's all these, these, like, hints towards marriage. You know, you've got... He's recently going through a divorce, and he's got a co-worker who's about to get married, and he's trying to ask for advice and stuff like that. Um, I would have loved to have had, like... We don't really see the ex-wife that much. when
0: she does, she's blurred out, which I thought was a exactly. nice touch. The idea that, in the logic of the construction of this co- of this documentary, yeah. his ex-wife, when asked to sign off it, has been like, "Nah." Yeah. And <laughs> like, so they blurred her out.
1: Yeah. No. But I I kind of would have liked maybe more back and forth between the ex-wife yeah. and the character because that I was feel really like good. that would yeah. have, um, yeah, just elevated. Well, like, may. Ma- made a little bit more of a deeper assessment of this character. Um, well that scene
0: where he goes to pick up his boy and he's in the he's in the house and um you you hear the discussion yeah. that they're having and the the argument I think is quite fruitful for that. Interestingly enough, the the lady that plays the mum is the same lady that plays the woman who gets her ring lost down the toilet. Ah, nice. Because obviously you only hear her voice when yeah, she's playing the yeah, yeah. mother. Um but you see her face when she's um when she's mm asked Kenny to retrieve the ring yeah um I mean, yeah, it's a it's a film totally focused on Kenny. There are obviously characters that come in into play. We mentioned the, the, the father, who is definitely my favourite character. We met uh, his brother, David, who's played by the director, Clayton, who's Good old Clayton. Uh, Shane Jacobson's real-life brother. Yeah. He comes across as a bit of a snob and a bit of a... I wouldn't go so far as to
1: say he's a fop, but he is a bit of a... Uh, a he's a bit snooty. He's the more successful, quotation marks, yeah. of, of the two brothers. The one that you know, he's going out to big party there, well, like, he his own party with all his friends and all that, and he's, you know, in there in a nice suit, and then all of a sudden you know, uh, Shane Jacobson, Kenny rocks up and he's just, he's trying to get into the party there in his overalls and they're like, yeah, no, nah, we're not letting like, you I sorry. mean, I,
0: I'm i in two minds about that because I think it's like once you've spent time with that character, you, you're like, I'll go and let him in. But at yeah, the same exactly. time, you're like, well, if you've got to an establish it and them's the rules, you know, mm. like, I mean, it might suck, but if the rule is wear a certain thing...
1: Then you just have to abide... You're...
0: Yeah, and if it's a yeah, it's a formal occasion. Like I mean, you feel exactly. bad for him totally. Yeah. Um, the Kenny's son you see very briefly in a discussion as to whether Kenny's actually gonna go to hell as per Kenny's ex-wife's <laughs> yeah. assertion. Yeah, that's a good moment. Mm. Um, I feel like what this I, crucially I think when it comes down to like I'm watching this movie and I really really enjoy it I think it would it would almost function best as a TV series because in itself it's episodic yeah, and I, say that each episode of, of a Kenny TV series mind you there was a Kenny off series that was, there famous, was yeah, yeah that was more a, uh, what was it Toilets Around the World or something like something that something like that yeah. goes, some, I, I never yeah. saw it I think, I think it, it only ran for one season and then got cancelled yeah um but the idea that you could have a show in which each of the events that Kenny mm. visits is its own episode, and cu- concurrent to that is the stuff that's going on in his personal life, say the first episode is yeah. the first time that you he receives a call from his wife, the second episode is the first time you see and the boy. Then,
1: like maybe the second half of the season would be gearing up towards him going on that big trip, kind mm. of thing.
0: Or the 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 father's illness. Maybe he goes on the big trip, say about halfway through, and then the the pull back, back to Australia is as a, as, as as is in the movie. Yeah, the pull yeah. back is the is the father's illness. That moment when they when they're out camping, I thought was especially entertaining. Yeah, and I think when I was younger, it was a that was more of a lull for me. But I think just I really, really loved that the, the the father character this time around, just because I love pissed off old people. and things. <laughs> exactly. Not in real life, obviously. I like old off people. Aussie old people. Well, too. I'd like old people to be happy in real yeah. life, but in this fictional, fantastic uh, fantasy context of there being yeah. a, a pissed off old man.
1: Speaking of speaking of pissed off old men, I actually. Uh, the other day I watched uh, the Aussie drama biopic movie *Ride Like a Girl*, right. and it's got a Sam Neil in it, and oh, really? I just love that he. I just love seeing Sam Neil as the pissed off old guy because he's got the eyebrows mm. for it. And you just see him standing in the corner there with his arms crossed, and he's like, "You can do better," and yeah. yeah. I think it's
0: it's clever. It's it's wise that they don't make him just the generic. Old-fashioned, pissed-off guy. Like he's not. Yeah. I, is he especially racist? I don't think he, you don't. No. You no don't, they no. don't. They don't show that. I think he's a little bit sexist and a little bit homophobic. He does say "turd burglar" at one point, yeah, but he's yeah. not referring to it. And to my to my understanding and my perception of when he uses it, he's not inferring that Kenny's a a uh, homosexual. I think he's in a very literal sense burgling yeah. turds. Exactly. He's stealing turds from you know uh, their other people points <laughs> of deposit. Mm. But um. I feel like what the what you get with with mockumentaries a lot of the time and I think there are there are moments where Kenny is evidence of this and then moments where it isn't is that a lot of the time when it comes to filming them and in terms of scripting them a lot of it will be improvised and oh, I think yeah. you can you can really tell the difference between a mockumentary that's been uh, scripted to a T and moments uh, and documentaries um, mockumentaries rather yeah. that are um, improvised and a lot of the the, start, the interplay and Kenny comes across across everybody Jonathan Ross <laughs> across is quite naturalistic so I did wonder how much of it would be scripted and how much of it would be uh, improvised I think there are some very clear moments where you're like well that's definitely mm. scripted and there are moments like when he's on the plane and he meets Jackie and he's gone to sit back down. Where in the logic of if this was real life and if this was a real documentary, the coverage of that moment wouldn't work as it has done. Because there's a moment where it goes shot reverse shot. Firstly, of Jackie, mm. and then reverse shot of Kenny. And it's like, well, if that lo- if the movie is if the the shooting of that is played out in the logic that the movie's suggesting, in the reverse shot you'd see the camera that would be that would be picking up Jackie. Yeah. So you get moments like that. And th- to be fair, th- those kind of things do actually happen yeah. in in. Uh, Documentaries that are being played for real. Mm. But a lot of what you see in Kenny, I think, feels, at least feels like it's being improvised. So if it, if, if it, the revelation Mm. is then that it's all actually scripted, you got some really fucking good actors.
1: Exactly. Well, it's like, I think a lot of the characters in this are actually, and don't quote me on this, but. I get the impression that a lot of the characters in this are played by non-actors, essentially. Mm. And so I think that would definitely... If that's the case, And I can't imagine... Particularly, like, his son and the and the father. Like, I can't imagine them... If they're non-actors, I can't imagine them sitting down reading a script and delivering mm. it in a certain way. I could see them literally just going, right, remember that time last week when you did that? Say something along the along lines of that... Maybe, if that doesn't work, try this word instead. If not, you know, we'll cut this Well, scene, I was watching,
0: um, did you ever see that show, Pictures of You, which was essentially where they'd get a, a personality and they'd run through photos from their childhood?
1: No, but I remember seeing that advertised. There was, yeah. I
0: watched, there's the, a lot of it's on YouTube, and there was the, an episode with Shane Jacobson on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he referred to his dad not being a performer, a comedian, but but indulging in performance at you know gatherings yeah. and and on different occasions. I think you get the sense that that they've they've all got an inclination towards performance in the fact, but it's quite a natural performance in the context of this movie. Um, but you you mentioned uh, performers. There are a couple of cameos in this movie that aren't that aren't major. Yeah. Um, and they're not especially signposted. Um, the guy who's tied up in the bathroom. Oh, the naked guy? The naked yeah. guy is Kriv Stenders, who's the director of Red Dog and oh, Kill Me Three Times. That guy. And, uh, he's done more, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. Mm. David Michaud, who's the director of Animal yeah, Kingdom, that's is right. the nurse who caters to Kenny's father, I believe, who you wouldn't, I feel like even if you you were down with Animal Kingdom, I was down with Animal Kingdom, but didn't realise that that was David Michaud until this noticed it in the in the credits. The one that I noticed by looking at him was Jason Garn, who's who is with the guy who gets knocked over by the, the golf cart. I think as well the guy that gets knocked over by the golf cart is Nash Edgerton. Oh really? Like yeah who's yeah. He, one of the Edgertons, is he not? That's, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um but Jason Garn had a comedy career here, starting off in things like I don't I don't know if he started off in him to be fair, but he was in shows like the wedge before he was in Wilfred, the Australian version of Wilfred, oh, in yeah. which he played yeah. the dog Wilfred. Mm. And it's now, well, it's cancelled now, but uh, it was that then obviously went overseas and there was an American remake with roommate, Elijah yeah. Wood, but of course Jason Garn was still was still Wilfred. So he's he's in Kenny as well. Um, so those are, those are cameos that are quite niche cameos and only select people would, mm. would notice. Firstly, the names in the... Yeah. in the credits, but it's then not like also see, once they see them be like, oh, yeah,
1: that's, that's so-and-so. It's not like Nicole Kidman showing up and no. everyone go hey, it's Nicole Kidman but in I, the movie. I
0: wonder if this is because Clayton Jacobson has, has said that he went to film school. I wonder if these are his filmmaking buddies in yeah, a sense. Yeah, probably. Because he, he then appears in Animal Kingdom yeah, as yeah. Uh, the lead character's girlfriend's uh, father. Yeah. Um, But, no, I thought that was interesting that they had this selection of cameos beyond beyond for the most part, people who are, you wouldn't have seen previously or you wouldn't have seen in much yeah. previously. Um, if you go on YouTube, there's actually footage of Shane Jacobson doing like a, a run through of rigging up lighting for what <laughs> looks like a previous, a previous occupation. Like it's played totally straight. I'm not totally sure of the context of it, but yeah. it's a very young Shane Jacobson with a mullet. Ooh. It's Ooh. Don't, don't wear
1: mullets, people. They're gross.
0: What's really cool is if you go on the DVD, and I only watched a bit of this, but I'll definitely be watching the rest of it, is if you go on the DVD, there's a commentary sitting between Clayton and Kenny. Oh, yeah. Have, have, have you got it on DVD? No, no. On I,
1: no, I watched it on Stan.
0: Well, like, there's literally, like, a commentary between Clayton and, and Kenny. Yeah. And, like, it comes up with the titles. And Kenny's there going, oh, so you put all these these titles together, did you? <laughs> and he goes, oh, say hello, Kenny. He goes, yeah, but if I, if I speak, won't I be talking over the movie? Yeah. And then he's like, "No, we, we figure that the people of the people have uh, already seen the movie." And he goes, "Yeah, but if I'm speaking,
1: how am I going to listen to the movie?" <laughs> well, it's interesting you mentioned that because they actually do leave a section of that in in the final credits. Of right, the, that where, could be that, couldn't
0: it? Yeah, exactly. Because
1: yeah. like in the credits of the actual movie, he's talking. I can't remember what he's talking about.
0: Though. He's talking about shit not smelling like shit eventually. Yeah, It's like if uh, it smells yeah, like that's lavender. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you go to someone's if, if shit didn't smell like shit, whether people would be worried about it. And they'd be like, if you ask, use someone's toilet. They're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, of course you can. Can you... S- what was that, lavender you left in there?
1: <laughs> and he's... Thought, yeah, because he's talking about how, you know, men go read the newspaper and, you know, after 30 seconds or so, it just smells normal. But then your wife goes in there afterwards and she's like, oh, something's died <laughs> in here, kind of thing. I think... Um, well, as well as well, well when he's on the commentary thing,
0: he then goes, all right, and this is on the DVD. V Yeah, the commentary deck's on the DVD. He's like, oh, what, so they have to buy two copies of it? <laughs> I was really like, no, 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 this. it's all on the one copy. He goes, oh, it's Flash these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I want to talk about before we wind down is I think there are a lot of secondary characters in the movie, and it's fair to say that for the most part there isn't, say, a, a Kenny sidekick. Or at least the the part of sidekick is sort of rotated, yeah. And, there are, and that can be either his father, his brother, his son. Um, later on, it's the um, the Jackie, the airline hostess. Mm. But then while he's on the job, there's the the folks that he works with. Yeah. Now I think those those characters are particularly enjoyable to watch because they too oh, yeah. feel quite real. And you've got Pat, who's an incessant warrior, who's asking about his... about uh his wedding and asking Mm. Kenny his advice. And of course, Kenny points out, well, that was my missus. Yeah. If you were marrying my missus, I'd have a load of things to say, but this is your (laughs) missus. Um, and then Sammy, who, who's someone that we see get let go, um, who he actually gives money to. And, you know, uh, after he hears that Sammy's having some financial trouble, but that whole, I think that each of the moments where they go to service a a festival or, or an event, in themselves, like I was saying, if it was going to be a TV show, that could be the same. That would be the TV yeah. show,
1: like the trio, like that would be your three mm. main characters. And then so. you'd have an
0: episode like in the Melbourne Cup when his when his sons lumbered with him. Mm. You no, know I no, mean? that would that would be a cool episodic development. Yeah. But then when you've got it in the context of um an hour and forty movie, those little moments as those little sequences play out, I think are quite interesting. Like I think if you went into a movie called Kenny, knowing the production context and knowing that it was, you know, re- relatively small film. Yeah. I don't think you'd go into it and think that it would uh, it would involve a moment in which our lead characters drive along a racetrack and uh, in which Kenny then gets lit on fire. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> like, there's a lot that actually happens in this movie, and I think a lot of it was kind of just run and gun. Like, yeah, they're at music festivals and stuff like that. They go to the Pride Parade, mm. and it's like... you. It feels like quite a... And, you know, they even go to, you know, the US. Mm. It's like, for a movie with such a small budget and it very much feels like it was just run and gun shooting Mm. it, but, like... Yeah, no, they, they make this world feel quite big.
0: But having said that, I think when they go to, to these events, I think you can tell that they're not as big as they're suggesting. I think that there are sort of B-roll shots of crowds and what yeah. have you, where you sort of figure, oh, you've got that from somewhere else. Mm. And the moments where you've got Kenny and, and whoever else he's interacting with um, engaging in a section of that event yeah. is quite clearly a closed-off section. Like the Melbourne Cup thing, yeah. I think, I, think I'm, I might be wrong, Quite confident they didn't film that at the Melbourne Cup. Oh, Quite yeah. confident, yeah. Um, and I feel like they've probably filmed it at a smaller racetrack where they could either recreate on a small scale uh, a race uh, event, or they've just shown they've just filmed it at a smaller race event, which could then be interspliced with shots of the actual Melbourne Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, weirdly enough, I, th- I found I was surprised by how uh, invigorating that. Uh, that race track sequence I was... Oh, yeah. I was they're getting on the edge of And, my like, seat. all the trucks <laughs> are coming,
1: and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm what's like, oh, going to happen? You know, yeah, I
0: was like, fuck Fury Road. This <laughs> is the real deal. Like, I, I, Oh, what a day. <laughs>
1: what a lovely day. I didn't
0: realise how uh, how uh, exciting that, that 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 actually was. Mm. But um, And they light a toilet cubicle on fire. They light a toilet cubicle on fire. Yeah. I mean... You imagine that how they've orchestrated that as I've got a bunch of extras to get together and like it's I wouldn't could have ended up like Altamont or something like that but like
1: I wouldn't know how many toilet cubicles did they light on fire before they got the right take Well I imagine if it's the... Th- I mean I was trying to, to find I was trying to find the them. answers too yeah, to.
0: <laughs> but I mean surely it's like you you try to get it on the first take Yeah surely try. you try You aspire to do that mm. I mean we haven't really talked about him going to America much and I think uh, You You know that bit when he's on the plane? Yeah. That, that is obviously, they've they've gotten the option, the opportunity to go into, say, like, the, the front half of a plane. Notice you only see the front half. Exactly. Which is, you know, facilitated by the fact he's said to be going business class. But notice you never see the back half. Yeah. I bet that plane's empty. Yeah. When they filmed it, I bet, like, this is this is me trying to sound like a real smart-ass, mm. but I bet, like, it's just... Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With Lockhart. <laughs> Movie magic. You've been played for a fool. Yeah. The plane was empty, it's and I bet it all wasn't even flying. all trickery. I bet it was shot during the day, and they've put, like, bin bags over the over the windows to look like it's nighttime yeah but um yeah he goes to the states and I think you again predicting what's going to happen in this movie based on what you're perceiving as the scale you wouldn't see you wouldn't foresee this uh this journey to the United States that Kenny yeah uh takes part in weirdly enough it, it's sort of it it's a uh, it's quite a an, America, an Americana vision. Yeah. And you get a little bit of... It's weird. This is also where it, it's almost... A, there's almost a parallel, a further parallel to, like, Barry McKenzie and uh, his more um, mainstream and uh, acceptable cousin, Crocodile Dundee. It's... This idea of the Australian abroad suddenly comes into play in yeah, this movie. Yeah,
1: and it's very, like... It's very stereotypical American. It's like, mm. oh, you know, here we are and we've all got cowboy hats yeah. on and we're speaking with the southern twang yeah. and it's like I and I guess maybe it's just kind of the area that he goes yeah. to. Nashville but and... at the same time it's like I know, like it it feels like a very yeah, a, a very mm. specific Portion of America. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think it's a very sweet note that they touch on that that he's the first person in their family to have flown from overseas, and you get the sense when when they're just about to take off that he's quite nervous as well. Yeah. The the little teddy bird that says, "World's best dad" or whatever. And yeah, going, yeah. This is fun. This <laughs> is fun. You get the sense now. You don't you don't think it's fun, do you? You're, yeah. You're, you're, exactly. You're you're about to shit. <laughs> but um, no. I feel like it's it. A lot happens in the movie, and that's what I mean when I say, like, if, if a movie's going to go A to B to C, there's a lot of A's. Mm. I think that that does make it feel a little, little bit too long, to be honest. Mm. Like, it, it's an hour and 40, it feels a lot longer. Oh, I yeah, think. It does, I think, yeah. It, And I think that's just because there's a lot, a lot happens. Yeah, they and try to cram in yeah. a lot, yeah. And you think back to the movie, and you're like, man, so many locations, so many characters, and then you look at the time that's passed, and it's like, well, now it's about the length of a regular movie, like, it didn't
1: they, Yeah, I feel like... 100% agree, like, if they're gonna cover all th- all of this stuff, they should have made it, maybe made it into a TV show instead, mm. but, like, if they're just gonna make it a movie like this, maybe they should have stripped it back a little bit and focused more, keeping it in Australia and maybe adding, fleshing out some characters a bit more, um... Like I mentioned earlier, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more uh, about the dynamic between the ex-wife and mm-hmm. him and maybe another argument or something like mm-hmm. that. Maybe an argument that leads to them resolving their conflict mm-hmm. or, or, on the flip side, reaching a breaking point where one of them ends up moving or something like yeah. that and he can't handle it.
0: I agree. I think so. And I th- yeah, I think... The the excursion to the states I think is as a story like I like as it plays out in the movie the only reason I don't really like it as a story idea is I feel like it's 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 kind of been done you know you get the Australian you chuck him abroad and you get this fish out of water I scenario. feel like that could
1: have been the sequel like Kenny it goes could have abroad been. yeah
0: c- yeah Kenny Kenny to America you know the you... the two is the number and the actual word you know or
1: the two is a poo. <laughs> have
0: you seen them making uh, coming to America. The, the, you know have you seen Coming to yeah. America? Oh Yeah Yeah and the the title is Coming to Number Two America Ah uh, Nice I really really like that they touch on the Melbourne Cup mm. and the idea that that to them is like you know the day of days in the in the. Toilet renting calendar. Yeah. <laughs> More than that, I like the fact that they show it as super duper fucking ugly. Yeah. Because I feel like people jump on the Melbourne Cup bandwagon, and, and for like a day they're into horse racing. Yeah. They're like, oh
1: like, look at us, and we're gonna put on a hat, and then like, nah, after it's, that it's an like excuse we don't to care. have
0: white wine. Yeah. And wear a suit. Um, to get like, drunk at two p.m. I also like the fact that the the, the older lady and who's with perceivably her daughter yeah. who tells. Kenny off for bringing his son along yeah. is then seen in the car park later on, mm. standing by as her daughter pisses in in the street. <laughs> yeah, like that. That as a as a sort of flipping of, of uh, the tables a, have turned. The tables have turned is yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. I thought it was, it was really cool. At the same time, though, I think that the way that the movie ends is kind of with with all that's set up and like I say. A to B to C. The movie's predominantly A's. How you then end the movie? You've set up that there are things that are set up that don't quite get resolved. I, to be honest, I, I want to know if Kenny's dad died. Yeah, like I hope he doesn't, because what a what a soldier, what a trooper, um,
1: absolute legend. The
0: the the thing of whether he actually goes on with um. With Jackie, I'm I'm quite willing for that to be a yeah. an open ended thing. Like like that was my problem with the the U.S. office over the U.K. office, and it was my problem with Ricky Gervais bringing back the David Brent character for a for a, a spin off movie. Yeah. Was that when you get the the first two series of the Office and the Christmas special, it ends with the future looking bright, but then there isn't that payoff. You yeah. know what I mean? And the fact that there isn't a payoff is kind of something you take solace in. Like, well, it could go that way, and in my head, it's going to go that way. The fact that, that, that he then came back with like, oh... Uh, David Brent Life on the Road. In my head he potentially went off with the date that he brought to the Christmas party at the end yeah, of, yeah. at the end of the office. I'm glad that they don't touch on Tim and Dawn in um in the, the UK office. But the fact that the US office then offend, then effectively like extended that ad nauseum mm. was then like, nah, I feel like part of the charm of the, the other one was was that it was there, then and done. Yeah. So there are things in Kenny that I'm quite happy to not be resolved, but things like the father yeah. and whether they resolve with the brother after the brother leaves them at the at the camp quite unceremoniously. Yeah. It's something I wouldn't mind knowing, at least. Mm. Um But yeah, and but I feel like if the movie functions as effectively the build up to a punchline in which Kenny is constantly and constantly put down, but yeah, is optimistic in rising above it um, and sticking to his principles. If that acts is set up, the punchline of him effectively breaking and pouring shit into that guy's car is <laughs> so righteous and so entertaining it is, that yeah. I'm so on board with the... And it when I was when I would often think back to the movie in the ten year gap between last seeing it I would think back to that scene so mm. I remember just feeling so elated at that moment of triumph for that character because in this scheme of things it's quite a it's quite a small moment of triumph it but is, it, it yeah. speaks fucking volumes exactly yeah um,
1: like a guy that is literally yeah. A shit kicker. He gets pushed around by a lot of people um, and has to, yeah, just deal with stuff and but, he gets his way. But
0: ultimately, him being nice to people and him being so... so um,
1: He doesn't have to be yeah, nice. Yeah, That's the he's, thing. He's
0: not conservative in his kindness. It's like everybody gets it. Yeah.
1: And the fact that
0: at one point in the movie that looks like it's going to pay off for him... Uh, in terms of his of his work, it, it's going to help him succeed in his job as he gets that, that business deal with the Japanese. Yeah. Uh, businessman that he meets at the expo in Nashville. I feel like, but I think it's also the, the heart and the attitude of this character, which is why it, that makes a lot of people point to and go, how quintessentially Aussie. It is. Yeah. But I think, I don't know that it's, Uni- that's a uniquely Australian thing. I think it's something that we like to think is uniquely Australian because it's yeah. a, because it's a positive thing. Yeah. But you know, I, to be honest, I don't think I've met a lot of people like Kenny in my life. Yeah. I think they're few and far between.
1: Yeah. No. I think we just we just latch onto it yeah. because he's just a really humble kind of simple bloke, and yeah, he he. Yeah, he had, doesn't have the greatest job in the world, but he's just happy with yeah. what he's got and, you know, he's just going through life kind of thing.
0: So at the end of the day, I think it's fair to say that either we'd like everybody to be like Kenny or mm. we'd like to be as optimistic and like Kenny ourselves. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: Beautiful movie in a way.
1: Beautiful movie. Beautiful. And at the same time, there's
0: like I don't think you see an ounce of shit in it. As much as shit is dealt with, there's no on-screen shit.
1: Yeah, that's surprisingly not that it's much. It's quite a sanitary movie as well.
0: <laughs> like the colours, that you, you think back to it and the aura that you get get of it is kind of like white and blue. Mm. It's like, you know, it's a clean toilet bottle. I
1: mean, you see uh, pee stains um, on that's a true. toilet floor. Yeah, that's true. And you see a couple of urinals and stuff like that. But like, yeah, not a lot of bodily fluids. Not a lot sort. of bodily fluids. Yeah.
0: And it's not, a, a, it's not very mean. The movie isn't mean. It's really at the expense of... Mm. other people. Yeah, I think it's M for something like coarse language and crude humour and I think if you got rid of a couple of fucks, Mm. or all the fucks got rid of all the fucks you'd probably be a PG I think
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. For Maybe. Sure. I might
0: be wrong. I'm trying yeah. to think about what else would be in there that would push it over. I the mean,
1: edge. also, as well, depend on the DVD release, they might mm-hmm. have included the uh, the commentary and and that as yeah, well as true. part of the rating. Yeah. Going back to the whole um, subplot about marriage and stuff like that, I think one of the. Um, kind of like, it was a funny joke, but it was also quite um, hard hitting as well. Just the line that he makes. Um, uh to what's the character's name? Pat. Pat. Yeah, where well, they're discussing about, you know, advice and stuff like that. Um about uh weddings and then, you know, buying houses and stuff like that. Where he talks about how he's gonna um um cut out the middleman and find someone find <laughs> to, and buy them a house.
0: Find someone who hates you and buy them a house. Yeah,
1: find someone who hates you and buy them a house. I'm if like if you're gonna be negative, that's how you look at it. Exactly. I'm like Ah! Yeah, okay. Fair Mm. enough.
0: (laughs) I feel like we've been fairly comprehensive in the look of this movie, but to be honest, I'm probably going to get onto the bus home and be like, what the fuck, we didn't talk... Do you know what this is like? It's not like this at all, but this has just reminded me. Last episode, The Proposition, we recorded that on a... Was it a Monday we recorded that? Something like that. Something like that. I get on the bus home. Jesse was on the same bus. As soon as Jesse gets off the bus... I look at my Facebook feed and realize and notice that Nick Cave has just announced his new album,
1: which came out the other day, and I actually listened to it's it. It's good, isn't it? It is pretty damn it's very good. Very sad. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah.
0: sad because it's like that. That was one that he did. That that's the his latest since Skeleton Tree, which Skeleton Tree was his first after the death of his son. Yeah. Um, and there was the assessment that there were allusions to loss and grief and sadness in. Skeleton, skeleton tree that referred specifically to this yeah. horrible loss he encountered. I think this new one is more is more uh, straightforward about it. Yeah, referring exactly. to this to this yeah. tragedy that he's gone through. Definitely a
1: good album. You should check it out. It um, also, this movie, uh, Kenny, you should definitely check yeah, out. Um, Turn into a music podcast. Currently, Australian on, music. It's on Stan at the moment. Yeah. If you've got Stan, you you'll can probably also get buy it, it
0: from JB for like. DVD, Blu-ray. It doesn't have a Blu-ray release. Oh, no.
1: Okay, Mm. don't get it on Blu-ray then. Well, if you can
0: get it on Blu-ray, do, but you'll be... Make sure it's not, like, fake. Yeah. (laughs) If someone comes back from Bali with a Kenny (laughs) Blu-ray, Excuse me, with a girl in a bikini on
1: (laughs) (laughs) it. And we've come full circle. We've come full circle. See, look at that callback. Yeah. Anyways, what are we watching next time? I I came to
0: Jesse and I was like look I've got two things in mind to watch on what to watch. Um, one of them was this and I'm not going to tell you what it was because that's something we'll do later on but later down the line. But what I essentially did was I had two ideas for for movies to show next week so I was like you know I, I can't choose between the two so I'm going to show Jesse the trailers for each. Yeah. One was a movie from the 70s and the trailer is so not high octane. Doesn't do a very good job of pitching the movie, to be honest. But the other was like...
1: Very in-your-face. Very in-your-face.
0: Yeah. Fingers getting Chopped snapped off. off yep. Knives going into people's legs and people getting put through mulching devices.
1: The soothing tones of Angus Sampson. The soothing tones of Angus Sampson. There you go, mate.
0: Bone and Angus Samson. <laughs> blood being mulched together. And so next episode, we're going to be focusing on the... Severely underrated horror comedy that is 100 Bloody Acres.
1: We got some freshies, Lins. You've always said if the stars were maligned, we should just go through with it. What are you doing? A
0: bit different when they talk back to you, eh?
1: See, I knew you.
0: We need you to remain calm, Miss Sophie.
1: Now, we don't want to shaft our number one customer. We don't do that sort of thing here at Morgan Brothers.
0: If Charlie Wick wants a new blend, He's gonna
1: get new blend.
0: Now, have you have you seen this movie before?
1: No, I have not. I have heard about it, and it's one, it's one of those movies where like, yeah, the title sounds familiar, but like upon watching this trailer, I was like, I've not seen this.
0: Well, I mean. I think that the, that this episode, the Kenny episode, is going to have more listens than say the proposition because I think oh, yeah, fewer, yeah. fewer people will have seen the proposition. But one of my big hopes with this podcast is a lot of the is was that. People that listen to it would hopefully hear of a movie that they hadn't heard before. Yeah. And think, oh, I'm gonna check that out. To which end I'm kind of using this as a way to say, go <laughs> go check out one hundred bloody acres. So you're exploiting our listeners. Yeah. yeah. I'm exploiting my platform. Yeah. <laughs> and while you're at it, eat your, greens, eat your greens, brush your teeth every night, and just kiss gen- your mum. Generally be nice to people. Yeah. Yeah. Do um, all that. And watch the proposition as well. If you haven't seen the proposition, give us a like. Yeah, give literally- us a share. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give us a share.
0: Give us a job if you like. Yeah, give us a please. I mean, if you think that we're doing a good job having a chat into microphones and then putting it out into the public. Uh, give us your money, please. Yeah, do I need money? I do actually. Yeah. Because I there are things on DVD that eat. I need to buy.
1: So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Give us a like. Give yeah. us a share. Yeah,
0: we've got a Facebook presence. It's just called the Pool Room. Yep. Um, each of us, both of us are on Letterboxd. My name's King Bitch on there. I still can't remember what my name is. I think yours is Newell J or something. Je- yeah. I think it's just Jesse Newell. Yeah, it's probably just Jesse Newell. Or we'll put it like this. If you follow King Bitch, yeah. he'll be in my followers. I'm
1: not really super active on there. If you want to f- see me uh, more active, I- currently at this stage, I'm very active on Twitter. Follow me at Newell Creative on there. I'm usually either... Make trying to make funny tweets that are not that funny, but I, I try, I try. I post memes and stuff like that. Um, You know, just sharing music that I'm listening to or sharing films that I've been watching. Um, I usually like to post gifs, so. Yeah. Yes.
0: Well, I think as well, if if you can't get enough of uh, Jesse's soothing tones, you appear on.
1: Oh yeah! Sorry, I forgot to mention. at last. <laughs> I am Good friend, you are man. <laughs> I appeared on um, the episode, an episode of uh, my mates' podcast, the Cinema Sideshow podcast. You've done a few now, haven't you? But yeah, this is my. I want to say four. Hold on, I was on Dogtooth. Mm. Mary Antoinette, we did an episode on blind spotting as well. and most recently uh, I was on an episode where we talked about the King of Comedy. We did that uh, leading up to the release of Joker and we talked about um, yeah Jake Zeke and I talked about yeah, the similarities between uh, King of Comedy and taxi driver and the what we thought were going to be similarities between Joker and King of Comedy. Um, yeah, so give them a follow. Yeah, I've listened
0: to them. They're pretty good.
1: Awesome lads over there. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, I actually, I actually got a message mid-pod saying that um, well, one of the hosts, Jake, wants to uh, do personalized uh, thumbnails like we do. Yeah, well, we're, we're influential. Yeah, I know. We're influential. We're fucking... Tune in next time, folks. Yep. Get it in here.
0: Get get what in, in where?
1: 100 Bloody Acres. Get 100 Bloody Acres in there. Get it all in there.
0: It's on Stan, by the way. If you're wondering, like, oh, man, I can't I can't fucking watch that because I don't have it on DVD. It's like, uh, 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 it's on Stan. It's on and Stan. And if you don't have Stan. Then
1: what are you doing with your life? Stan's like, Stan, really
0: good, seriously. I mean, like. I,
1: Stan Australia is better than Netflix Australia. I agree. I would I say that. Agree. Anyways, yeah. tune in next week or whenever we do this next yeah. one. we will
0: try and get this up as soon as possible.
1: Bye. Bye.